2: Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of You Need Therapy. My name is Kat. I'm so glad you're here as always. If you're new, I am a therapist, a licensed therapist. I live in Nashville and have a private practice and started this little podcast to just, you know, start some conversations about some some tough things that we don't usually talk about and to encourage people to dig deep into their lives. And with that, I always like to remind you guys that this Here today, right now, me talking to you is not therapy. I'm a big proponent of therapy and champion of therapy, obviously, because I'm a therapist. But this isn't therapy. This is just therapists talking to you about some things that I care about. And with that, today or this month, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And of course, I found myself thinking to myself, what am I going to do in order to highlight this? How can I do a special episode dedicated to mental health awareness? Then I remembered that's literally just what I do all the time, (laughs) like every week. And so I'm so grateful for all of the people in the world who are putting out some mental health specific content to highlight this month and, and what it stands for and bring light to, you know, a big part of our world and our lives. But I realized that I don't really have to do anything special because we just, that's just what we do here. So I'm, I'm glad to be able to always be doing that. And I do have some specific things that I'm excited to talk about this month, today being one of those things, but I don't know, I could have done this at any, any month, which I think is pretty cool. Regardless, happy Mental Health Awareness Month. Also, I would just like to say, I really, really honestly have loved taking a little break from, not that I don't like having guests on the show, I obviously, I, I love it, I love talking to people about that stuff, but it's been nice to take a little break from from the more interviews with guests and spend some one-on-one time with you guys. There are so many things I always want to talk about. I have a running list of episodes and sometimes I wish I could put out four episodes in a week. Actually, I just get really excited about the episodes. I don't really want to put out four in a week because that is a lot of work and that might overload you guys. But like I said, I have a list of conversations I'm trying to have with myself for the podcast and definitely the one I'm about to dive into to has been really trying to make its debut for a long time and doing episodes like this it's really fun and I love it it's also very scary because it allows a lot more space for me my own personal thoughts and sometimes some of my story to show and come through which I love but it's also like ah (laughs) you know doing the whole vulnerability thing is hard so I'm in that with you guys so today keep saying like what we're going to talk about what we're going to talk about which I guess you know because you've probably read the title but today we're going to talk about something that is kind of it is it's hard to talk about for multiple reasons one because it's a little intangible and it is scary and what we're going to talk about is passion and purpose so without any more of me just talking in circles let's get into it So what a topic, what a freaking topic. And just so we're clear from the very beginning, this is gonna be in no way shape or form a how-to guide. Um, that's not my goal today. I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm just a human who likes to talk about hard things. I do love motivational speakers. More on that in a bit, though. But just wanted to be clear that my goal is not to teach you how to find your purpose and passion. We're just going to start to talk about what that is. So I I really do talk about purpose and finding passion in my office with clients a lot, which tells me that it is something that tons of people struggle and and grapple with day to day. It seems like we're all out here just trying to figure out what our passion is. So it will lead us to our purpose. So we can do the thing that we're supposed to be doing and then feel satisfied. At least that's the story that I hear over and over and over and over again. Like that's the path. I need to find and nail down my passion so then I can lean into my purpose and then I'll feel fulfilled. And that is the, the way for a lot of people, but I don't agree with this All the time for everybody. And I'm going to tell you why. So, there's the whole argument situation when it comes to passion and purpose. And when I talk about this with clients, they're usually talking about in the realm of careers and jobs and figuring out what I need to do and what I'm going to do with my life. Side note, sometimes I really hate that our jobs are so much what we categorize what we do with our lives as, but that's another story for another day. But your job doesn't have to be what you do with your life. Your job can just be a job. And and we're going to talk more about that as I go. So I, I think generationally, there is a big gap in this realm. And I am a millennial. Um, I'm in my 30s. So I think where I am in age has to do with the bias that I'm about to talk about. Because hear me when I say this, what I'm about to say is not based on research. It's based on my own bias. It's not factual. It's just my observation. So I mean, you you, we've all heard stories about how things used to be. And in earlier generations, it seems as though there is less of an opportunity or expectation that work would be a passion driven thing. Right. So work was just work. And there was less emphasis on it being something we love and that we wake up and are excited to go out and do every single day. It was more of like a means to an end. And as the world progressed, the idea that doing what you love became bigger and said, we're going to talk about motivational speakers. Here we are. Motivational speakers became a thing. And in that they told us to follow our dreams And then if if you do what you love, you will never work a day in your life. That's not true. If you do what you love, you're going to be working, doing what you love. But I digress. They also told us that we can be anything we want to be. I hate this. And I also don't think this is true. And I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I'm not trying to be like, oh, I'm just a realist. It just is not true. I cannot be anything I want to be. Let's say I wanted to be a professional basketball player. I would not succeed in that. <laughs> I could work so hard every single day, years and years and years, but I could only control so much and my makeup of who I am within my body and my athletic ability most likely would not allow me to be a, a professional basketball player. I'm also 5'3", and I know short people can play basketball, but you know, just thought, but I don't like that because we can't be anything we want to be because it's not just up to us. There's too many variables. And when that's the message that's sent, it basically says you can be anything that you want to be. If you are not successful at what you want to do, it's your fault, which for some people it can be on us, but it's not always the case. Like sometimes you just don't have the resources or sometimes you can work as hard as anybody's ever worked and it just won't work out for you. For you. And that's not always our fault. And so I just really hate that. And these eyes ideas are great. Like the the sayings, do whatever you love and you'll never work a day in your life, and you can be anything you want to be. Like the ideas are great, but they just I think screw with us more than they help us sometimes. And they put a false narrative in our heads, I think. And it makes us feel like something's wrong with us when we can't live up to the false narrative. And I bring this up because the the reality is, though I wish it would be different. Not everyone gets to have their one big and true passion to be their job. First of all, not everybody has one big and true passion. Not everybody gets to love their job. Not everybody gets to like their job, and I really think that that's a privilege. And Again, like I said earlier, in earlier generations, jobs were more of a means to an end. And for some people, that's still the truth. A job is more of a means to an end. And that, I want people to know that, like, that's okay. Because this idea, this goes back to how it's frustrating that, like, sometimes we make our jobs as the most important thing in the world. And, like, that's what we do with our lives. But our lives are so much bigger than our work. So much bigger. Other than making us feel bad about ourselves, what this also does is it creates a sense of entitlement that I don't really love either. And we can sometimes feel like we shouldn't have to work jobs that aren't fun 100% of the time or do things that we don't love. Because like I said, we were told a lot of cool ideas that sounded good in a TED talk, but those cool ideas that sounded good in a TED talk don't always translate to real life. And I think they can be really helpful for some people, but uh, they're not applicable to everybody. And Sometimes we need life experience before we get to have the job we like. Sometimes the world is just full of disappointments and we can't help it. And sometimes we can't just always have and get what we want. And like I said, the sense of entitlement, but just a lot of confusion. And you know the argument, either do you want to live to work or do you want to work to live? I see this differently at times and right now I'm looking at this as I see live to work as you live to work like you love your job you can't get enough of it and it's your it's it is your one big passion and and the other the work to live is the means to the end part and you work so you can live your life you can eat, you can support your family, you can have health insurance, maybe so you can go on certain kinds of vacations or just basically enjoy your life outside of your job. And I think that either side is okay. Like I think both of those sides are okay. But I think a lot of times it's positioned that one is better than the other. And I think Both of them can be wonderful depending on if you are living into that side of the argument or that side of the street because it's what you feel like you have to do, it's what you feel like you need to do, or if it's what you feel like you want to do, or if it's a combination. It's the why behind the what, right? So always going back to that. I have so many conversations with humans in my office about feeling lost and confused, purposeless, passionless and feeling like they have no direction. And I believe that the idea that the world presents these days about following your dreams and creating the life you want is so amazing. What I don't want you to you guys to hear is that like I'm this like person who's looking at the world. It's like a dark, scary, disappointing place. Like I love the motivational speaking. I love being pumped up and, and, and getting some like pep in my step. I love that stuff. The problem just is it, it doesn't translate to everybody and it leaves a lot of people somewhat dazed and confused. A lot of times it's spoken in black and white terms or all or nothing terms, everybody or nobody, and no advice or no belief system or no way of thinking can apply to every single human in the world. That like literally can never make sense. But we don't always realize that when we're listening to stuff. So when it comes to these people feeling dazed and confused, what I mean by that is sometimes people can think something's wrong with me because let's say that person knew what they were going to do since they were about eight years old and I still can't figure it out. Or maybe I want to do 45 things and I can't choose what I want to do. And so I can't figure out where to make my first step. And then I'm in this like analysis paralysis and, you know, or the things that I'm passionate about. Yeah, I can't figure out how to make those into a job that supports myself or I can support my family with. And this is where like hustle culture really turns me red, (laughs) which you guys probably already know that about me. But oh, it gets me going because again, I love hard work. I really do. I myself am a hard worker. I believe in making sacrifices, but not everyone has the ability to hustle their way to success in the same way. Because, what even is success? We can't define success as one thing because success to different people is gonna mean something different. And I think a lot of times when it comes to like careers, it's like money and is it money? Like, is success money? Because if I have to work six jobs to support my passion project so I can eventually make money off of my passion project and struggle and suffer and, and, and fight and grind and all of that, well, I don't know if I want to do that. When I say I, I'm not speaking of myself, I'm speaking for uh, like general other people. But does that make me a bad person or, or a lazy person? And For some people, there isn't a thing that they like doing enough to make those kinds of big, huge sacrifices. And they're okay punching a clock to get a paycheck. But because of this big push to follow your passion, it can bring up the opportunity for people who otherwise wouldn't care to feel bad about this. And what I'm really saying is like, there's nothing to feel bad about. It's just you're different than the other people that do enjoy that hustle, but it doesn't make either person better. What I want you to hear is that it's okay if it's not worth it. And it's also okay if it is. What I'm saying is that your your hustle or anyone else's hustle doesn't make you or them more worthy and it definitely doesn't make you less. If it makes you more happy and satisfied and if that's how you're wired, that's great. Do that. If it sucks your soul, don't do it because it's not going to fill up your worthiness tank. Worthiness is something that we're born with and I think this is a hard thing to understand but you just get a big old tank of worthiness when you are born, everybody gets the same size one. It's really great. And there's nothing you can do to fill it up more. You can't overflow it. You can't, you can't have more worthiness than you you started with and you can't drain it out. There is no hole in it. There's no, it's like, it's like magic gasoline, right? (laughs) Like it's like magic fuel. Like it's like, if you never had to fill your car with gas, like that's your worthiness. You don't ever have to do anything. You just get it and you get to own it. You get to have it everybody does. I don't care who you are, where you came from, how much money you have, what you look like, any of that stuff. We all have the same. Man, if we really all believed that, our world would be so different and I would love to live in that world. Hey guys, Kat here and I have something But back to the live to work or work to live idea, whether you're on one side or the other, or maybe you have both, maybe you do both. The real reality is that not everybody gets to choose what category they lie in. That's the other part, which I think that I'm like almost contradicting myself, but like not everybody gets to choose. So when I said earlier, the why behind your what, it's also a privilege to get to pick that. And there are a lot of factors that influence this kind of thing. And as much as I would like to to just be a ball of inspiration that kicks you into gear and motivates you and helps you follow your dreams. I am not a motivational speaker and as much as I love that kind of stuff, it doesn't take into account the complexities of mental health for sure. It's not that easy for everyone and I 100% acknowledge that and and want to take a second for all of us to acknowledge that. And I feel like this is one of the areas where I kind of lucked out and, you know, I have that feeling of survivor's guilt even though this isn't a survival thing, but it's the same idea. Don't get me wrong. There are parts of my life that I really don't like and I'm unsatisfied with and angry and disappointed with. And I have those, but I I do feel immensely grateful that My work is a passion of mine and I love my job a lot. And I want you guys to also know that in that I struggle with staying the course sometimes. I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up and I kind of fell into therapy by honestly the grace and movement of God in my life. And I feel like I've been lucky That I loved it so much. But along the way, I've definitely thought about quitting and starting something else about 67 times. And I've had to balance my life with following passions and also listening to what the difference between passion and purpose is, and and also being a responsible adult and also paying attention to my own mental health and what I do when it gets out of whack and how I feel when it's in line and what certain ways of leaning in this argument do for me. And also I have to balance it with being able to enjoy my life and not thinking that I get worthiness from my job. So I say that because I'm somebody who's coming from a place where I do feel like I have privilege in this area. And so it's somewhat hard to talk about. And I don't really know if I have anything else to say about that. I just needed to say it for me. I think one of the points I'm trying to make here in this conversation, though I I don't know if I'm doing a good job, (laughs) is that you don't need to dial in and find the one thing that makes your heart beat fast in order to live a fulfilling life. And you can work a job that you don't love and isn't a passion of yours and still live a full and fulfilling, purposeful life. And our purposes all look so different. I think sometimes mine can look pretty straightforward Like I was saying, like I'm a therapist, so you could say my purpose is to help people, but also everybody's purpose could be to help people. And there literally can be purpose in in helping people in everything we do. Therefore, I don't believe you need to identify your passion to fulfill your purpose. Your passion and your purpose don't necessarily have to be aligned. When they are, that's amazing and such a bonus in life but it isn't necessary. You can have passion about bird watching. You can have passion about playing golf or painting or gardening or spending time with your friends or building shelves. I mean, I could go on and on and on. This doesn't have to be your purpose. They don't have to be the same thing. They can be, but it's not one or the other. There is purpose in so much more than we realize. The world, when you think about it, is so wild. It is So crazy to me how things work and move together without us even knowing, like not to be too cheesy, but I think there's great purpose in basically everybody's jobs, right? Including the humans who do things like work at the post office or a bank who sometimes feel like they just clock in and out and their job doesn't have meaning, they're facilitating something that goes beyond what they see and, and what they're doing. And purpose isn't just this thing that counts when we're actively saving someone's life through a crazy surgery or changing someone's life through a song they write or a performance. It goes beyond what we can see and understand. I believe we were all created on purpose, with purpose, for a purpose. And I honestly think that a lot of us will never know what that is in this lifetime. And that's where we have to pull in some trust and hope and faith, whatever kind of faith you want to have. Now, again, my hope is that the ideas that I'm talking about are not defeating, but but are motivating in a different way, especially for those who struggle deeply with identifying passion and nailing one down. If we take the pressure off of matching our passion and our purpose and work up, maybe we would all feel a little lighter and maybe less stressed and less directionless. I hate when I hear people talk about their jobs as if they don't mean anything, because if one job was gone, somebody would have to move or make a change in their life to to fill in that gap. Everybody. And it's just such a cycle. I I get like confused in my head when I talk about it because it's so crazy how everything is interwoven, but we can't see it. Oh, God, like, I could sit here and ramble about this forever. But anyway, all of this stuff brings me back to it probably was the best podcast I've ever listened to in my life. And it actually was a super soul conversation. Oprah super soul. We all know that we know Oprah. We love Oprah. Oprah is, you know, she's it. But um, it was probably the best super soul conversation. Besides, I don't even know if this was a super soul conversation or just an Oprah interview, but Meghan Markle that whew that had my attention like no other. However, it, <laughs> in a different way, this conversation was with a woman named Elizabeth Gilbert. And if you are not familiar with her, she is the author of Eat, Pray, Love, which is a book that was then turned into a movie. Julia Roberts starred in it about somebody. She got divorced, she quit her job, and she went on this trek, this journey to find the meaning of life, all of the things. I can't speak too much about it because I've tried to watch the movie like four times and I never get through the whole thing but that's the gist of it anyway so that book was huge obviously it turned into this huge movie and and she used to travel the world giving talks about finding and cultivating passion like I said earlier these days it feels very much like you have to be passionate about your job and also everybody has the opportunity to do that and this leads us to the space where we are on this quest to find what we are most passionate about so we can go do the thing and then finally love the great wonder perfect life that is sold to us through this like I said in the very beginning but again it doesn't work for everybody and because of that people question what's wrong with them and the thought really isn't I'm I'm wired different and that's okay it's I'm I'm wired different and that's wrong or I'm wired wrong or I'm doing something wrong so I want to tell you about this talk that Elizabeth gave on this podcast which I tried to pull it because I kind of wanted to play audio from it but I can't find it and I think you have to like pay for a subscription of something now to listen to it else I would link it for you guys so like I said she used to go around the world giving like career advice and motivational talks centered around follow your passion right and if you're familiar with a book this will be of no surprise to you like obviously she was doing that and one specific talk she gave I think she was in a conference in Australia I believe, but don't quote me on that. It was somewhere in the world. Um, but And after it, she went back to her hotel room. And I believe it was an email she opened up and got from a woman who was at the talk that she had just given. And she literally said in this email, you just made me feel like the biggest loser in the world. This woman talked about how awful she felt sitting in this talk about following your passion and how to follow your passion because she said, I don't have one. I don't have a passion. So if you're telling me the secret to life is to follow my passion, that makes me feel like, again, the biggest loser in the world. And the woman went on to write, it's not for a lack of searching. I have not been lazy in my life. I have been tearing my stuff apart for years, trying to find that thing that you people keep talking about. Then she said also, it's it's not that I don't have a lack of interests, but she just doesn't know what to commit to. And this has contributed to a a great deal of stress and anxiety for her. So just imagine getting that email after you think you just have given this awesome talk about motivating people and making people feel good and excited about life. And so Elizabeth said she sat with this for a bit and eventually she agreed with the woman that her inspirational talk maybe wasn't so inspirational. And this catapulted her to reevaluate the, in quotes, advice and ways of thinking that had been kind of like the pillars that her life had been standing on, which I really have to say the amount of strength that this woman has to really take in the feedback that she was given is really so inspiring to me. And it brings up a point that, honestly, I wasn't intending to totally talk about today, but here we are. (laughs) It's the idea that we are allowed to change our minds And that comes with the idea that we can also allow other people to change their minds. And I guess this kind of ties back to the cancel culture podcast, which I'm not going to go into, you can listen to that one. um, If you haven't already, but humans have space to change and not stay the same in so many ways. And in one of those ways is how we think and view and do our lives and in our belief system. And which is like, a very large idea. <laughs> but I mean, as we grow and and learn more, we have the ability to not think and stay the same. And instead of shaming ourselves or shaming other people for past versions of us, what if we became grateful for the ability to not have to stay the same? I mean, that would just be a wild concept, wouldn't it? And this is essentially like that right here. She's really sinking into that stuff and she's allowing herself to shift and change. She's not saying, oh no, she's wrong. She heard it wrong. She, she's really listening to that and processing it and saying, wow, maybe I'm missing something. This is a perfect example right here. She learned more about the things she believed. She took in that information. She formed a new opinion. And I want to share what that new opinion is. And it kind of turned into a theory. So this is the theory she came up with. She said, eventually and this is what this talk was about she said the world is divided into two types of people she said there are hummingbirds and then there are these like jackhammer like people she talked about how she identifies as someone as a jackhammer type person she's somebody who knew she wanted to be a writer her whole life and elizabeth said these are the people who become consumed by their passion and she said we don't look up and we don't veer and we're just focused on that until the end of time. She said, it's efficient, you get a lot done. However, we tend, being the Jackhammer people, to be obsessive and fundamentalist and sometimes a little difficult and very loud. And then she went on to talk about the hummingbirds. And she said, then there's the hummingbirds, you know, the, these beautiful color, colorful birds that float around from thing to thing, eyes wide open, you know, and, and she said, hummingbirds spend their lives doing it very differently. They move from tree to tree, from flower to flower, to field to field, trying this and then trying that. And then she said, while hummingbirds may feel anxious about not immediately finding their passion, they shouldn't feel pressure to change that. And this is why, and I'm quoting her a little bit in this as I speak. She said, they create incredibly rich, complex lives for themselves. And then they also end up cross pollinating. That is the service you do if you're a hummingbird person. She said, the best thing about those who identify as hummingbirds is their diversity of experience. This is another direct quote. She said, you bring an idea from here to over there where you learn something else and then you weave it in and you take it here to the next thing you do. Your perspective ends up keeping the entire culture aerated and mixed up and open to the new. And if that's how you're constructed by your divine maker, then that's how we need you to be. I get chills every time I I read these quotes from her. And I know sometimes we get in these spots where we wish we could change the way we were made, right? It's like, yeah, that's great, that's me, but I wanna be a jackhammer. But I believe, and Elizabeth said this in her talk, that those who recognize themselves as hummingbirds will eventually be much happier with themselves if they allow themselves to follow their actual hummingbird path. She said, if you do that, if you are willing to just release yourself from the pressure and the anxieties surrounded by passion and you just humbly and faithfully continue to follow the trail of the hummingbird path, and you just trust it, that one of these days you might just look up and realize, oh my word, I am exactly where I am supposed to be. In other words, if you can let go of the idea of passion, and if you can follow your curiosity, your curiosity just might lead you right to your passion. Again, that every time I read it. So instead of searching for our passion, if you're somebody who feels closely related to this hummingbird idea, which our old way of thinking and doing things would say our passion would lead us to our purpose and then find the jobs we're supposed to work and then pure happiness, blah, 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 blah. If we let go of that idea, and instead of searching for passion, you listen to the question that Elizabeth postures, which is what would show up if you took the word passion off the table and just started to follow your curiosity? She then goes on to describe that curiosity is more humane and more accessible than passion. And passion is something that can be demanding and greedy and takes everything out of you. It can also be dangerous and impulsive. And in contrast to the demands and mania associated with passion, curiosity doesn't do that. It doesn't strip your life bare or take anything away from you. All curiosity does is give and give and give. This is for everybody. If every day you can find something... That you are a teeny tiny bit interested in, even right now. That is leaning in and following your curiosity. And I want to encourage you guys to stop searching for the huge transformation you are telling yourself you have to curate or find or have. Because when you follow curiosity and when you just lean into that, Those will end up being the little, Elizabeth calls them the trail of breadcrumbs on the scavenger hunt to your specific life. Yours, not anybody else's, your specific life. And the only thing that curiosity will ever ask of you is that you maybe turn your head a quarter of an inch this way or a quarter of an inch that way or take a step forward. That's what your curiosity will ask of you, to follow little clues. That's it. And I mean, the truth is some breadcrumbs might not lead you somewhere. And maybe your little steps that you take and that you become curious about, maybe they don't, they don't lead you to the exact thing it's going to lead you to. But some of those breadcrumbs will lead you somewhere. They will. Not knowing your passion doesn't mean you aren't going anywhere. All you have to do to be able to go somewhere is stay open to being curious. That is, my friends is going to lead you to the fulfilling life that we've previously thought passion to purpose, to job, to fulfilling life was. I really believe if you follow this one day you will wake, wake up and, and you'll realize you're exactly where you need to be, like she said and and you'll be wearing the glasses that you've been looking for this whole time you know and I mean that by like sometimes we're like searching 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 and we're going we're doing all this stuff and we're trying to make these big uh, we're throwing pillows and we're running through the room looking for our glasses and then we reach up and all they're on our head (laughs) you know it's like these tiny little I just had to reach up I didn't need to throw all the couch cushions I just need to reach up I just need to follow that one breadcrumb So what I'm asking today is, is trust one, trust that no matter what you're doing, there's purpose in it. And just because you don't know what it is doesn't mean it's not there. And the world wouldn't move the same without you. It wouldn't, no matter what it is that you're doing. The other thing I want to encourage you is to just stay curious. And that's the key. That really is the key. I mean, as somebody who probably leans more on the jackhammer side, I want to stay curious. Like I want to open up my eyes and I want to look up and I want to go from here to there. Passion is great. Passion feels good and passion's exciting. But the truth is curiosity. I think that's what keeps us really moving in the loving and kind and, and beautiful directions that that we really need to move in. So with that being said. I encourage you to do a Google search and maybe listen to Elizabeth's conversation or talk on your own. It was so good. I'll never forget it. And I encourage you to, you know, get out and be curious no matter who you are. I am so grateful that you guys spent some time listening to me talk about this stuff. I feel not, I wish I had a different word to use, but I feel passionate about talking about passion and purpose and all of this and curiosity. And so I'm grateful to have a space that you guys have helped me create um, to talk about that. And and while we're there, I do wanna say, I've been getting a lot of really awesome emails from you guys that have meant a lot to me. And I don't think I can say this enough. I did not think this podcast would be what it is when I started it. And it is just so cool to hear that you guys are leaning into some of these topics and every time one of you tells me i started therapy because i listen to your podcast i mean i do like a little dance inside my head like it's so amazing to me and i say all this to say this podcast wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't you guys and if it wasn't you guys really listening with a listening ear and open heart and then you sharing it because i know you do so keep sharing it and if there is an episode or something i say that touches a part of you share it and and I would love for you to tag me in it so you can follow me at on instagram at at defada, and the podcast at at you need therapy podcast and and tag us in the things that mean something to you that really does it today happy mental health awareness month let's be aware of our mental health and um I love you guys